You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is the 757 at 6 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 757 at 6, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Last show of the week. We're gonna we're gonna bow out in lieu of little NCAA tournament action later this week. So let's be Let's be real. We're all we're all going to be having a, a good time because the Sweet 16 starts tomorrow. But because of that, let's get rolling. Um, two of the guys, two of the players that Robbie and I spoke to at the Super Bowl have had their uh, their next year's destiny, fate decided in the last couple of days. Um, if you remember uh, at the Super Bowl, there were actually quite a few seven five seven connections, which was fun for the seven five seven at six. Um, there was Rick Lovato who played at ODU. He was a long snapper for the Eagles. Um, There was Josh Sweat, who played at Oscar Smith High School, eventually went to Florida State. Uh, He was also on the Eagles. There was Zach Paschal, wide receiver, played at ODU, wide receiver for uh, the Eagles. And there was Derek Nadi, who played at Ocean Lakes in high school, Uh, eventually went to – oh, now I'm blanking on it. Clemson? Where did Derek Nadi go? That's a great – one second. That's weird. I've said that on air probably ten times already, and now I'm now I'm having like one, a little brain freeze. Either way, uh, Derek Nadi, who was a defensive lineman for the Chiefs, also was there. We spoke to them. Florida all. State. Florida. Derek Nadi went to Florida State. Correct. Maybe I hadn't said that on air before. So everyone's just going to Florida State. Florida State. Yep. All right. Uh, ODU or Florida State. So anyway, uh, all four of them were at the Super Bowl. We talked to them, and and two of them ended up being free agents. That would be. Derek Nadi of Florida State, obviously, and Zach Paschal. Um, the Arizona Cardinals have agreed to terms with Zach Paschal on a two-year deal. Now, very interesting. That one is interesting for a few reasons. One, the Eagles' offense is going to be a tough one for other receivers to find targets. I don't know if you've heard, but they have A.J. Brown, who's pretty good. And then the passes that don't go to A.J. Brown, a large portion of those are going to go to Devontae Smith. He's pretty good. And a large portion of the ones that don't go to A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith are going to go to Dallas Goddard. He's pretty good. And on top of that, they like to run the ball a ton. So there's not that many passes to go around in the first place because they have a very bananas offensive line and both a stable of running backs and Jalen Hurts. So if you're a wide receiver and you're looking at being the third, fourth, fifth option on an offense – You don't want to be the third, fourth, fifth option on the Eagles. You look at the Cardinals, they might chuck it around a little bit more. And DeAndre Hopkins is likely not going to be on that offense when it starts up. So there are a ton of targets available. And on top of that, their new head coach was the defensive coordinator for the Eagles. So I always like when when coaches go somewhere and then turn around and bring a player with them, especially if it's a player like Zach Paschal. Because it's it's just them saying, this player stood out, did all the right things, didn't have a gigantic role, but I still want to bring them with me for basically the reason of I think they can have a bigger role. 
right? They they know that person more. And I always think that's, you know, that's that's a, a very it's a big compliment to the player, but also it means that that there's an insider knowledge. Um similarly, uh you know, I'll think of it like this. Uh, Virginia Tech basketball fans. When Mike Young took the job, who's now their head coach of Virginia Tech basketball, he came from Wofford. The very first thing he did was turn around and bring in a transfer from Wofford. It was a guy by the name of Kavea Luma. And uh, all he did was go on to be a two-time All-ACC player. And it's like, oh, there's a reason why he didn't bring the whole roster from Wofford. There's a reason why he brought that guy. And it was because he was really good. So Gannon turning around, again, he's not going to be able to take the whole Eagles roster, but he took that guy, says that there's something he sees in Zach Pascal. So I give him a lot of credit. Uh, Pascal did something to impress him in practice, right, or in training camp or whenever it was. Uh, so I think that's a very good landing spot for Pascal as somebody who thrived in a, a slightly bigger role than the one he had in Philly with Indy, right? And at times when he was in Indianapolis for his first three years, I believe, um, when there were injuries and things and he was forced into a bigger role, he did play well. So I think he can do do better. I think he can be – better is the wrong word. I think he can be more productive in, in Arizona than he's been thus far in his career. And as everyone in the NFL knows, production leads to dollars and longer careers and all those sorts of things. Derek Noddy, on the other hand, he didn't need to leave. Derek Noddy signed back with the Chiefs uh, for a one-year deal per his agent, Sports Trust. Um, he's played his entire career with the Chiefs. Why leave, right? Two-time Super Bowl champ. Why leave? But also... If the money is the same or similar, for life, it's better to be on the dynasty, right? Uh, who just uh, Dante Hightower just retired. Dante Hightower is a very good player. Very good player. Not taking anything away from him as a player, but the fact that he played on three Super Bowl champions championship teams for the Patriots he's going to be included in conversations that he wouldn't be if he had the exact same career for a team that didn't win any Super Bowls, right? And 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 that goes to, to, to completely ignore, I don't know how much money Hightower made, but Derek Nadi is probably going to want to have a job when his football career is over, unless he, he you know, really makes a ton of money later on. Um, championships open doors, right? Book written by three-time Super Bowl champion is different than book written by eight-year NFL veteran, right? Uh, motivational speech given by three-time Super Bowl, two-time Super Bowl champion, much more uh, lucrative than speech given by eight-year NFL veteran, 10-year NFL veteran, whatever it is. And and that goes, I mean, this business, the one we're in, you can go, you can go straight to the front of the line if you have three Super Bowl championships. You can go to most of the front of the line if you're an eight-year NFL veteran, but but those rings go further. Like sometimes being, you know, hey, it might be a hundred grand less over the, the length of the deal. Hundred grand sounds like a ton, but those championships might have untold value. Uh, and then on top of that, you're kind of always wanted if you're on a good team, right? You don't have to leave the Chiefs now. You can leave the Chiefs two years from now, and you'll still have that Chiefs glow that every other team wants. You can wait till, I don't know, maybe Steve Spagnolo, their defensive coordinator, takes a head coaching job somewhere and he turns around and brings you with him. Like there's there's a lot of options for where this goes, but I think it's it's a good football fit. You know it is. 
but it's also a good uh, like career decision for him. If, if he just plays his entire career with the Chiefs and he retires with two plus however many more Super Bowls they win and he plays there eight, nine, ten years, whatever it is, I mean, open up a restaurant near the stadium. Like it, it's, it's that kind of legend that you become in Kansas City. Uh, matter of fact, make it a chain. Open up one uh, here in the Ocean Lakes area, right, because you're a legend around here. Open up one in Tallahassee, Florida, because apparently you went to Florida State. And open up one in uh open up one in Kansas City. You're set, right? Call it Naughties. Whatever food you want, Derek's, whatever food you want you wanna you wanna sell. Which by the way, like athletes can literally do that. Do you remember Bruce Gradkowski? Yes. The, he was the quarterback. Uh his little brother was my center in college. His name is Gino Gradkowski, Super Bowl champion with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh he was a really good center. But they have Gradkowski's like steakhouses. And there's one in Toledo, because that's where Bruce went to college. There's one in Pittsburgh, because that's where they grew up. And I think there might be one in Baltimore, because that's where Gino did did his his thing. But Gradkowski's. And then it's now they just they own restaurants. Right? Derek Nottie can do that. And and by the way, the Gradkowski's, you know, then between the two of them, they have one Super Bowl. Derek Nottie already has two. There's something to be said there. Something big to be said there. Uh so go ahead and uh congratulate them both. That's the other thing, and that's the way I'll end this. The NFL stands for what? No fun league to some, right? That's the Goodell of it all. But it also stands for not for long. Every year you get to stay in the NFL is an accomplishment. And and sometimes I think we miss that about, about NFL players because uh, right, your goals keep improving, meaning when you're in high school, you just want to get a college scholarship. Once you get the scholarship, well, you want to be a starter on your college team. Once you become a starter on your college team, well, okay, I'm not going to like act like I fin- crossed the finish line. Now I want to be a pro. Now I want to be a starter. Now I want to be a Pro Bowl. Now I want to be a Super Bowl champion. But in actuality, like, there's a lot of little things along those lines that get very impressive. And just surviving in the NFL, just having teams that want to sign you as a free agent is an uh, accomplishment. So congratulations to both of those guys for tacking on at least one more year in the NFL to their resume. Uh, it's the 757 at 6 right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Coming up next, you're going to hear our conversation from earlier with uh, the Old Dominion Athletic Director. Dr. Wood Selig joined us earlier on the Tim Donnelly Show, and we replay that conversation for you coming up next. Welcome back into Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Connecting with us on the phone lines, just as he does every Wednesday, Dr. Wood Selig, ODU's Athletic Director. Uh, Dr. Selig, always appreciative of, uh, of your time and, and stopping in. I'm going to start with the important stuff. I uh, I read that Coach Ronnie for spring reorganized his his office to be more welcoming for pop-ins from players. Have you noticed the furniture shift or the furniture shuffle? Does it seem like he's uh, more welcoming to visitors? Well, you know, it's so inviting that I happened to be there the first day after the major realignment. <laughs> So it was very warm, very inviting. I I literally just, you know, stumbled right in. And it's a complete reorientation where the desk is now in the back of the room. And then you walk right in and there are sectional sofas and chairs. And it's almost like a a mini team lounge. And and it's right at the front of the office spaces for the football coaches. So it's the first office you see. And all you see are all these 
sofas and couches and chairs. So it, it really is inviting, and I think it'll help with the chemistry and the esprit de corps that Coach Ronnie and his staff is trying to develop now to carry us throughout the 2023 season. It, it's it's funny because that's not, you know, uh, again, the article I read that mentioned they've changed up the seating chart and for team meetings. They, they did the, the off-season workouts a little bit differently, all looking for what you just mentioned, that, that chemistry and kind of, you know, uh, the running backs don't just stick with the running backs. They become friends with everybody or, or close with everybody. Um, have you s- seen a situation or, or do coaches often try to change things up for that particular reason, right? It's less X's and O's and more about the, the chemistry of the unit? Yeah, yeah. I think if, if you have a season that you feel was disappointing, which we all know that this past year, 2022, was not the season we hoped to follow up a bowl year in 2021. So you start to ask yourself, okay, what can we do better? What can we do differently? And I think it does start, obviously, you, you've got to have great talent, but even the best talent sometimes doesn't gel or produce the success that it should or could. So I think you have to hit the intangibles and you have to hit the chemistry and you have to hit the camaraderie. And it doesn't start on the, the week of game one. It, it starts really uh, in in March and April as you prepare for the season September through November. So I, I think Coach Ronnie and his staff are, are making all the right moves at this time. And I think it should help impact uh, the, the the results that we will see in the fall. Dr. Wood Seelig, ODU's athletic director, connecting with us here on the phone lines. Uh, along those lines, that, that football team spring practice underway, how invested or how much attention do you pay on uh, on them getting out on the field off-season but still putting in the work? Yeah, I happened to be the president on Saturday and was able to uh, watch about 30 minutes of the, the inter-squad scrimmage and you could see a noticeable difference. Uh, there was, you know, a little more pep in the step. There was a little more urgency. Uh, the offense is definitely different. It, it's a much more spread. Uh, so that you know, I think it's probably fewer plays, but uh, the, 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 the look is going to be, you know, fairly straightforward. But depending on what the defense does, uh, the offense is designed to take advantage of you know where the defense is not. So if if they cover the middle of the field, we'll go to the edge. If they cover the edges, we'll go toward the middle. And as our new offensive coordinator told me on Saturday, you know we're we're not going to have the fattest playbook in the country. We're not going to have the most number of plays uh, of any Division One football program. Uh, but what we're going to run, we're going to run it well. We're going to run it often, and we're going to run it better than they can defend it. So uh, we're we're going to be fun to watch. It it kind of reminds me of the days when we had Heineke slinging it all over Foreman Field. I think we're going to see a, an open offense like we did uh, eight eight or so years ago. You start you start talking about bringing those days back. You're going to get everybody all warm and warm and fuzzy on that one. Uh, speaking of, have, have you gotten your Falcons jersey yet for uh, for Heineke, who's who's no longer with Washington? He's down there in Atlanta. I'm still looking for my Commanders jersey. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a team behind right now. Uh, but but again, it's it's uh, we talked about it. The the infomercial of his his career has, has worked out pretty well uh, for ODU. Um, I want to go back to the the chemistry thing we were talking about a second ago. Um, we've discussed it before, but but the transfer portal is going to make that more difficult, right? The the days of of 
you know, a basketball team getting together and playing together for three or four years just just aren't really there. But um, how difficult or how concerned are you with the basketball team building that year-over-year chemistry? We've seen, I think it's five players put their name in the transfer portal in the last two or three days. Yeah, I would not want to be a Division One men's college basketball coach right now. I think that's one of the harder jobs in the country there are 787 student athletes at the division one level who put their name in the transfer portal there are 363 division one schools so you're averaging over two players per institution have hit the portal in the sunbelt conference alone uh, i think the average is roughly four to five transfer portal uh, per Sunbelt Conference School. As you said, we have five. On the surface, it might sound alarming. Oh my gosh, <laughs> five out of 13 have, have hit the portal. But, you know, let's, let's not forget that two of the five uh, have, have graduated or will graduate in May. So, and, and they would not have the year to transfer if not for COVID. And they have an additional COVID year. So they're going to get their ODU degree. They're, they've got a bonus year from the NCAA from COVID. So two of the five are kind of taking advantage of that freebie year and looking to potentially play elsewhere. Uh, the other three, one of them was, has two years left. He would not have two years except for COVID. Mm-hmm. So he'd only have one year. Would he be in the portal if he just had one year? Maybe, maybe not. He might not be that attractive, but with two years, yes. Uh, when I look at the five uh, outside of one, there's not a lot of minutes that are on the portal from ODU men's basketball right now. So, again, another reason not to wring our hands and woe is me over the fact that five has hit the portal. I just think it hurts the, the chemistry, like you were saying and alluding to, relative to football. I think it's hard for basketball to have any kind of continuity and any kind of chemistry. And what Coach Jones did this past summer was exactly what Ricky's doing right now. Ricky Ronnie on the football side, he had the men's basketball team over to his house about once a week for some kind of dinner or activity. Again, trying to get a bunch of guys who did not know each other all that well to start to gel early so that when the season came and things got difficult, there'd be some kind of relationship among the 13. So that to me is the struggle and the challenge. It's introducing the five, six, seven new athletes seemingly every year that is very disruptive on the continuity and chemistry. Dr. Wood Seeley, go to use athletic director joining us here on 94.1. Um, you, you bring up the, the minutes. Is there a, a strategy or a, a conscious effort to to somehow keep the 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 depth right it, it it's kind of it goes without saying that the people that play all the minutes are probably having a more fun time in season right i played college sports and i i very much agree with that sentiment but but how do you or is it possible to keep the guys that are lower on the rotation engaged and 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 having enough fun or seeing enough value whatever it is to stick around and maybe you know enter that rotation later in their career yeah, today it's the fast food world of instant gratification, and if if they're if they're not getting their time now, they have a hard time seeing it coming in you know a year or two, or, or even waiting three or four like back in in the day, so to speak. So uh, they're hearing from their parents, they're hearing from their friends, they're hearing from their 
coaches and AAU, hey, you're better than that. You should be getting time. You need you need to move on. And so I, I think it's doing the, the kids today a disservice because they're not as patient. They they want it instantaneously. Uh, and, and it's unfortunate. And that is fueling a lot of what you see in the transfer portal. And don't forget, there's going to be a high percentage. It's like musical chairs. They'll hit the portal and they think the grass is going to be greener and they're going to have all these great opportunities. But at the end of the day, they're going to be odd man out with no chair to sit in. And even the maybe the, the, the small minutes that they might have gotten at one school are going to be much more than the options that they have, which could be absolutely zero elsewhere. And uh, and then on top of that, the Sweet 16 starts up tomorrow. Uh, the Sun Belt, no teams still alive in the NCAA tournament. When you when you look back at your first basketball season uh, with the uh, with the Sun Belt, are are you pleased with the way the conference uh, treated you and and kind of presented themselves to the country? Absolutely. I think uh, for the first time in a number of years, the Sunbelt Conference had four teams that finished among the top 100 in the country, in the top 100 of the 363 who play Division One basketball. Sunbelt Conference uh, had a 13 seed, uh, which was the highest seed since 2016. Louisiana Lafayette gave Tennessee a much better game than Duke gave Tennessee in the second round. So I think the Sunbelt Conference as a brand for men's basketball is definitely underrated. And what I'm really uh, excited and encouraged about is look what's going on in March Madness right now. You know, there'd been there'd not been a 16 seed ever to beat a one seed in the tournament until 2018. And now it's happened twice. And then if you look at the first 28 tournaments, that had 15 seeds from 1985 to 2012, only four of the 15s beat a number two seed in the first, you know, in the first 28 years, only four of them won. Now seven 15 seeds have won in the past 11 years and no 15 seed had reached the sweet 16 until Florida Gulf coast in 2013. Now it's happened three straight tournaments and Princeton's one went away from putting a number 15 into the elite eight for the second straight year. So I think what that shows is that there's a lot of parity uh, in division one basketball. The top is not as great as it once was. And those who are in the middle are really good. And just because the brand might not be ACC or SEC or big 10, I, I think the, the, the common thought is to discount, the brand of basketball and the level of basketball. But when you get on a neutral floor with neutral officials, uh, the results are not surprising. And so if we can get into the NCAA, get multiple teams into the NCAA, I think you can start to see some of these results trickle into the Sunbelt Conference as well. So I'm very encouraged by the Sunbelt Conference brand of basketball and what the future holds, not only for ODU, but the Sunbelt Conference. Dr. Seelig, we always appreciate your insight, and uh, we look forward to getting some more of it next week. Thank you, Tim. Have a good week. Right here, right now, it's time to talk high school and college sports in the 757. It's the 757 at 6 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 757 at 6, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Did ODU football fans everywhere get their their adrenaline pumping when they heard 
Dr. Wood Seelig, ODU athletic director, during that last segment mentioned that he's expecting the ODU offense to look like it did when Heineke was slinging it. That's, I mean, Kevin Decker, their new offensive coordinator, is coming from Fordham. That's an FCS school, but he's bringing a very, very um, high-powered offense, right? At least at that level, it was bananas. Yards, points, all that kind of stuff. No expectations. You just have to get the offense up to where it was when an NFL starting quarterback was running it. That's all. Good luck. Hey, you know, I kind of like when people don't tamp down. Like, it's always the under-promise, over-deliver. I like when you're like, no, we're going to promise a lot. We're, we're going we're gonna, to we're, – I know it wasn't a promise. I don't want to put words into Dr. Seelig's mouth. But he said, you know, he kind of expects it to be like like doc, uh, like, a, like when Heineke was, was running the show. So if, if it's anything anywhere near, I think ODU fans will be pretty darn happy with that. Right, that's a, that's a shoot for the the moon. Even if you miss, you land amongst the stars type stuff going on. All right, so we won't have any seven hundred and thirty yard passing games. We'll settle for six hundred, right? Also, I was surprised, and and I don't I don't think it's a coincidence that Doctor Selig had these numbers available. Right, eight hundred and fifty plus college basketball transfers already in the portal. College basketball season isn't over. The, the Sweet 16 is tomorrow. 860-some-odd transfers already in the portal. Now, I say I don't, I don't find it surprising to add those numbers because ODU has five players in the transfer portal. And Makai Long, who is the one that went in since I last discussed this, um, he's that's the biggest name of the bunch, right? And, uh, you know, an athletic director gets asked about those sort of things. So it, it, he... Dr. Seelig knew, right? He said, hey, listen, graduated. Hey, the minutes. Hey, 860-some-odd transfers. That's – every offseason, there's going to be this big swing, which is right after the season when your players go into the portal, big swing down, and then at some point in the offseason when you get your takes out of the transfer portal, it's going to be a big swing up, right? You'll get – because, I mean, look at the the players on uh, on ODU's run, right? Chauncey Jenkins came from, what was it, Wichita. There was someone from Xavier. Uh, even Makai Long, who went into the portal, he came from Rhode Island at, at one point in time. So, like, there's going to be these big swings down, and your your fan base is going to be like, oh, no, everyone's leaving. Then you're going to get a, a transfer from a big school or, or a transfer that averaged a lot of points at a D2 school or something. Everyone's going to swing up, and it's going to be like, oh, never mind. We've replaced everybody. And it's you're just gonna have to you're just gonna have to ride that roller coaster. And if you're an athletic director, a coach, a, really anyone involved with the program, it's good to just have your your facts and figures lined up for the answer, and then wait till you're asking the question about the new guys joining the the program because that's kind of going to be how it goes now. Every off season, you just hope that right the the ones that leave aren't the ones you don't want to leave. Right? It's like a priority. We got 13 guys. I hope number one, two, three, four don't leave, and five, okay, and six. It's just, it's just how it's going to be. It's just going to. It's just how it is going to be, until new legislation is passed, and then who knows, right? College sports are always changing. Uh, it's going to do it for me here on uh, the seven five seven at six, but the seven five seven at six will continue. Robbie's roundout coming up next to close out the show. This is our last seven five seven at six of the week. Uh, tomorrow and Friday we'll have a, a um, sweet sixteen action 
on uh, 94.1. So uh, for the week, for 757 at 6, I'll see you later. Tim Donnelly show tomorrow at 3, though. I'll see you then. Till then, have a great night. The clock is running out on the 757 at 6. That means it's time for Robbie's Roundup. Or wait a minute. It's Robbie's Roundabout or Robbie's Roundout. Whatever he's calling it today, here's Robbie Vogler on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. That's right. This is the 757 at 6 Robbie's Roundout. Like Tim said just moments ago, this is our final show of the week. So it's the final roundout of the week, which means we're going to be diving into a subject that it's sort of on par with the the transfer portal and necessarily not necessarily local, but it's got some local ties and potential local ramifications. If things, you know, fall a certain way or teams perform at a certain pace or however the case is. Well, just a quick update. ODU is playing uh, Liberty in baseball right now. They are currently trailing Liberty two to nothing in the top of the third inning. Still plenty of time if you are out and about, if you are around the ODU area. Hop on by the bud. A great time. Liberty's a, a decent opponent, a very good opponent. It's my alumni, my alum. I I went to I went to Liberty, but I hope ODU uh, beats them. Hope I hope they beat them good. So there's still plenty of time to get out there if you want to catch a ball game. The weather should be nice. I haven't been outside in a few hours, but uh, I would imagine the weather's nice. It's supposed to be beautiful tomorrow. Like in the 70s? We haven't had 70 degree weather in a long time. That being said, this has nothing to do with the weather. We're not going to be talking about weather for the next eight minutes. I want to talk about the transfer portal. And not the transfer portal for for players. Can we talk about coaches for a little bit and how every single year around this time, if you are a a coach at a mid-major or lower major school and you have a, a decent run to the NCAA tournament and then, of course, a decent run in the NCAA tournament, meaning you win at least one game. If you are a kind of a mid-major and every year this happens every year we go through the process of, oh my gosh, fairly Dickinson. There are, you know, a 16 seed that just beat the one seed. Tobin Anderson, you're up next. Iona, Rick Pitino just left Iona, a school that he said would never He would never leave. He said that he would stay at Iona even if the Knicks job popped up, that Rick Pitino would stick with Iona. Well, now that Rick Pitino has moved on to bigger and better things at St. John, no offense, Iona, Tobin Anderson reaches a five-year deal with Iona. And I will bring a local spin to this, so don't worry. But it happens every single year. And you're almost, you know, If you do great, that's awesome. Put your school on the on national recognition, kind of puts you your you out on the on the national stage. But if you lose, you're right back where you are. And in terms of coaches, say a coach 
wins this, well, wins a wins a game in the NCAA tournament. And, and again, I think the Tobin Anderson is a perfect example of this. All of this that happened over the last, you know, week or so. I don't know if it happens if FDU doesn't beat Purdue over the weekend. And you may be saying, okay, well, Tobin Anderson's got a, a great resume. He 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 was fantastic. Yes, I understand that. But was he did anybody really know who Tobin Anderson was unless you are a hardcore basketball fan or you are from the area where Farley Dick Fairly Dickinson exists? Did you know who Tobin Anderson was? Most likely not. I'd say for 90% of the people in, in America, you didn't know who Tobin Anderson was until FDU beat Purdue. And it, and it goes without saying that there are a lot of coaches out there. And I'm going to use one locally because this is a coach that has had a lot of success. But every year... They and we talk about this. We talk about it on the Tim Donnelly show. We talk about it on the seven five seven at six. You're kind of you know, it's a it's a great thing that you go on and you do this great thing. You go to the tournament and you you pull off a huge upset. But let's let's be honest. Most likely you're going to lose your coach the next season, unless you are at a blue blood school. Robert Jones, the head men's basketball coach. For Norfolk State. We've had him on the show. He's a great friend of the show. We follow him. We follow Norfolk State every basketball season. Instead of Fairly Dickinson, if it was Norfolk State in that same position, if Norfolk State would have beaten Howard, one made it to the NCAA tournament, most likely they were going to be a 16 seed. I hate to say that but most likely they were. And they would have knocked off a Purdue, a Kansas, any of the top one one or two seeds. We would be having, I believe, personally, I think we would be having the exact same conversation about Robert Jones. Now, I don't know anything about, I don't know him personally. I don't know if he has ever come out and said, this is my home. This is where I'm staying until the end of time. But you just take that with a grain of salt. And you just college coaches in general, and really any coach in general, if you believe any coach that says, hey, I am going to be here your entire football career, your entire basketball career. Don't believe them. I mean, I'm sure Jim Harbaugh for the longest time said, I'm going to be here for forever. Uh, Unless I get an offer from the Vikings or from the Broncos or someone else that can pay me more money. And I'm just saying that that we go through this care, this coaching carousel every March madness where the top schools get beat in the NCAA tournament and then that that mid-major school coach immediately leaves and takes the next best job. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I'm not saying that it's not well-deserved. I do believe it is deserved. But it's kind of the, 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 the gift and the curse that is being successful in March, especially in the NCAA tournament. 
So I, I want you to think, Norfolk State fans, ODU fans, if your team, if your coach, if your team makes a run, be expecting that uh, your coach could be the next to go. Not saying that you don't want the success. Obviously, you want the success. You want the big upset. You want you to be your name to be put on the map. But just know that sacrifices most likely will have to be made. Coaches most likely going to be the ones to go. That's going to wrap things up for the 757 at 6 and Robbie's Roundout. We got a, a banger of a doubleheader in the NBA tonight. Golden State versus Dallas coming up in just a couple of seconds. Phoenix versus Los Angeles. The Lakers right after that. Doubleheader NBA basketball right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Heck of a lineup. Golden State at Dallas. Phoenix at Lakers. Coming up next. Have a good night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Later!